Hey guys, Kyler back with Kyler Bros Unedited Podcast, episode 38. Loaded podcast today. Um, we're going to start off with NFL, a look back at week seven, my top five week eight headlines and discussions. Then we're going to go, instead of a, I'm going to alternate these um, every other week. I'm going to do my Power 16. I'm still going to keep that. Like, I'm still going to do that every week. And I'm also going to do NFL tiers every week. But I'm only going to do one or the other each, off and on each week. So today we're doing NFL tiers. Uh, we're going to do AFC and NFC because I like keeping them separate just because that's, you know, that's who you play to get to the Super Bowl. So I'm doing, for each AFC and NFC tiers, I have four tiers. Super Bowl contenders, outside looking in. So teams that are on the cusp of Super Bowl contenders. The borderline, teams that are trying to fight into the outside looking in. And then hello... 2022 NFL draft teams that are pretty much, you know, probably done for this season, I think. So we'll get into that second. Then we'll do NFL games and spreads. Then we'll go into college football. I'll look back at week eight, my top five week nine headlines and discussions, my power 26 college football rankings, uh, college football games and spreads. Then we're going to get into my point five, not one because it's so I'm going to do so many of these. I don't want to get up to like 20. So we're going to do point five because it's so early. My point five. My 0.5 2022 NFL mock draft. Then we're going to get an overreaction or not for start of the NBA season. Four for the East, four for the West. Combat sports headlines and discussions. And then UFC 267, Blahovich versus Teixeira. Saturday, this tomorrow, October 30th. Believe the main card starts at 1 p.m. Eastern or 2 p.m. Eastern. We're doing a new thing as well called Fam Fight Picks. It's between me uh, my dad, my brother, and my cousin uh, Christian. Uh, he has not got his picks in. He will have the picks in by the fight, so you probably won't hear you won't hear his on the podcast. But they will be considered. How this is going to go is one point for picking the winner correctly, two points if you pick the way the fight ends via either KO slash TKO submission or uh, decision, four points if you pick a finish and pick the round. So a potential of seven points total in a fight. Um, that's how we're going to do this. But let's get in NFL. Look back at week seven. Titans dominate the Chiefs 27-3. Yeah, man, Chiefs just could not get anything going. Um, big game this week, man. Really big game for the Chiefs. Uh, they need to figure it out quickly. You know, three and four. You know, I've 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 been I haven't been pushing. I haven't pushed the panic button yet. But my hands over it. It's over it. You got to start winning games now. The only good thing about the AFC is you're technically a game out of the wild card. So. You know, you can't, you will be, they're fine for now, but a loss to the Giants this week, man. Uh, Bengals trounced Baltimore 41-17. That was probably, I, I'm not surprised uh, Cincinnati won, per se. I'm surprised at how badly they won. Domination, 41-17. They look very good right now. Um, very good. I'm not going to take that. You know, it's, it's, I still think the Ravens, so yeah, I still think the Ravens are, you know, one of the top teams, if not the top team in the AFC. So, I mean, I'm not going to put too much into that. Colts get a big win at 49ers in bad weather conditions. I thought it was a big win for them because they played the Titans this week, so they needed to keep, you know, keep the guy. They're 3-4. and four. Titans are 5-2. and two. Only two back. You need a win here big time to only get a game back. Mack and the Pats, but at 54 on the Jets, they absolutely slaughtered them. Darnold gets benched as the Giants beat the Panthers 25-3. to Um... Not looking good in Carolina. Um, here we go. So my week, my top five week eight headlines and discussions. Can the Cowboys stay rolling Halloween night at Minnesota? Really depends on if Dak plays. Uh, can Colts close the division gap and beat Tennessee? I really think they can. I think the Colts have, have a chance of beating Tennessee. 
Can Mack and the Pats upset the Chargers in a battle of young QB stars? Going to need the defense to play well. Going to need not turn the ball over, and I think they could pull off the upset. It's possible. Can Jameis and the Saints shock the Bucks? Tough place to play, you know, down in New Orleans. I do give them a shot. I don't think they win, but I think they got a slight chance. If the Giants beat the Chiefs, is the Chiefs season over? Man, it's tough to say a season's over, but man, oh man. You lose to the Giants at home Monday night. I pushed a panic button. I completely pushed a panic button. All right, so here we go. NFL tears. We're going to start with AFC. So we're going to start with we're going to start with Hello NFL 2022 NFL draft. So I think there's four teams that are obvious in here. Jets, Jaguars, Dolphins, Texans, all with one win. Um I think they're obvious 2022 draft. I did have I do have a 3 and 4 team in here surprisingly even though it's only you're only one game out from the wild card technically. Uh, I have the Denver Broncos. I just don't think they're going to put it together. I told everyone when they started off 3-0, I said, I guarantee you they don't win more than seven games. I don't think they win more than five games now. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's hello 2022 NFL draft for the Denver Broncos. The borderline. So the bottom of the borderline. Team that I think is closest to hello. And we're going to know more this week. We're going to know more this weekend because, you know, big games. I got the Patriots at the bottom at 3-4. and four. Uh, They're not going to win their division. Bills are going to win their division. So the wild card's still in play. If they can prove to me that they, you know, they go in and beat the Chargers in LA, I think then, then they're they're moving up the borderline and closer to the outside looking in. I got the Steelers in here. Big game against the Browns. They can prove a lot. And I would honestly possibly bump the Steelers into the outside looking in with a win over Cleveland. Baker's banged up. They should win. They should. I can't believe they're underdogs in this game. I think they should be favored to be honest. Um, I can't remember who I picked. We'll get to that in a minute. I have the Chiefs on the borderline. Again, a loss here, though. They lose to the Giants, their bottom of the borderline, and possibly top of Hello 2022 NFL Draft. That's crazy to me to think about. And the Indianapolis Colts are the top of the borderline. I told everyone I think the Colts have one of the top five most talented rosters in the NFL. I think they're getting healthy. Um, big game against the Titans, so they can prove a lot this week and probably get to the outside looking in with a win. Uh, bottom of outside looking in is Cleveland because they're so banged up. They play the Steelers this week, though. They can beat the Steelers. Steelers drop to three and four. They take a two-game lead over them, or a game and a half lead over them in the you know in second of that divi- or in third of that division, but close the gap on the Bengals and Ravens. I got the Raiders. People are going to debate should the Raiders be higher than the Chargers? I don't think so. I think the Chargers are a better team. They did beat them a few weeks, three or four weeks ago. I still think the the Raiders are under them, but the Raiders look really good right now. Um. Who do the Raiders got this week? That's a good one. I don't even remember who the Raiders have. Are they on a bye? Oh, Raiders might be on a bye. Yeah, yeah. Raiders are on a bye this week. Okay. And then you got the Char- I have the Chargers second uh, on the outside looking in at 4-2. and two. Big game against the Pats. That's a huge game. And then you got the Bengals who get the Jets this week. Should be a win. They're the top of my outside looking in. I think they're, they're really improved. I thought they were overrated. I had them as my number one or two overrated team first three, four weeks of the year. They're not. They're very good. So now Super Bowl contenders. My third Super Bowl contender, the Buffalo Bills. I still question the Bills at time defensively. Uh, if a team can really get the run game going, that opens up the pass. You know, they can definitely be exploited there. Um, but I still like the Bills. Josh Allen, great quarterback. I have Baltimore at second. Debated them at first, but I'm going second right now because they're so banged up. All over the place, they're banged up. So I got to go Baltimore second. And top right now, you have to go Tennessee. I know I would not probably pick Tennessee to win the Super Bowl. But 
they may have the MVP. If, if Derrick Henry was a quarterback and he was playing this way as a quarterback, he'd be MVP. I have him second in my MVP right now. Maybe even first, actually, over Lamar. Um, he's an he's an MVP candidate. He's carrying them. I know they have Tannehill, but Tannehill's been unreal. When they get when their run game's going, it's over. And he played well against the Chiefs with Henry going under 100 yards. So I got the Titans, my number one Super Bowl contenders in the AFC right now. So let's go to the NFC. Um, I think all maybe you know Seattle just they. So okay, definitely hello 2022 NFL draft to me. Because the wild card's so open. Because you got to think. Let's just get the Super Bowl contenders out of the way because the top five teams in the NFL are in the NFC. Cardinals, Cowboys, Buccaneers, Rams, Packers, those are the Super Bowl contenders. And the Packers just beat the Cardinals. Um, but then you get down to the wild card. So you, right now you would have – so they lost. So you'd have the Packers at one, the Bucks at two, the Cowboys at three, the Cardinals at four, the Rams at five. But then the wild card is Saints at four and two, Vikings at three and three. So the wild card is still madly is still wide open. So you could put Seattle on the borderline. I just don't think they're going to stay afloat till Russ gets back. I don't know if they win a game till he gets back. So I have Seattle in Hello 2022 NFL draft, and then the the you know there are another four teams that are obvious: Redskins, Eagles, Giants, Lions. They're all draft. I did put the Panthers and Niners in the borderline. I I think that you know it is possible they could turn their season around still. Um. For the Panthers, you really need McCaffrey back. But for the Niners, they're so talented. I could see them turning their season around and getting a wild card. Um, and then I got the Bears also. And the, the Falcons are definitely clear, clear-cut clear the best borderline team out of the four. I got the Bears also in there. But then you got the Falcons, who I think the Falcons and the Vikings very, very interesting here. I think the Vikings are better overall. But the Vikings play the Cowboys this week. Who do the Falcons got? Falcons play the Panthers. So they win this week. Vikings lose during the wild card. So yeah, I got the... And then, so on the borderline, on the outside looking in, I have the Saints and the Vikings. You can almost combine... You could almost put the Falcons in the outside looking in, though. But the outside looking in so so weird to me because I, I think the Vikings are probably better than the Saints, too. But I just don't see in either of these two teams even close to the Super Bowl contenders, in my opinion. I don't think it's really close. Um... It's tough. I don't think it's close. I think the top five is so far ahead of the rest of the NFC. In the AFC, it's a lot tighter, in my opinion. I think, you you know, on any given day, bo- the bottom borderline Patriots to the top of the Titans could beat – the Patriots could beat the Titans on the right day. You know, I think the gap is a lot close, especially if you go outside looking into the borderline. I think it's so tight. You know, it's very tight in the AFC. NFC has the five best teams in the NFL, in my opinion, though. But now we get to games and spreads of the NFL. So I went ten and three last week. I'm seventy five and thirty two overall after that. Uh, six and eleven. I haven't I haven't done worse than eleven and five. I've not done worse than eleven and five since that six and or six and a or five and eleven. It was it was either six and ten. It's six and ten. Uh, week one. I have not done worse than eleven and five. Ten and three this week. I did pick correct last night. You can go to the. You can go to uh, Twitter and look it up. I, I chose the Packers to win. I said 30-27 into 24-21. So I got the I got the you know how close it was gonna be. I thought that I just you don't doubt Aaron Rodgers. I thought this was a game that a lot of people were picking the Falcons, doubting the Packers because of the health, top three receivers out. Aaron's gonna get it done. And they did. The defense showed up also. So Sunday early games, 1 p.m. Eastern. I'm actually going the Browns over the Steelers 23-20. I think it's a dog fight. I could see this being flipped though. I could also see the Steelers win. To me, this is a coin flip game. But I'm going Browns. P- 
Panthers at Falcons. Give me the Falcons 31-27. Dolphins at Bills. Bills 34-23. Niners at Bears. I'm going Niners 2017. Eagles at Lions. Really wanted to take the Lions. I'm going to take the Eagles in a close one. I could even see it going to extra time, a little overtime action. I'm going 26-20 Eagles. Rams at Texans. Rams 35-13. Titans at Colts. I'm going Colts 26-23. Bengals at Jets. uh, 34-16 Bengals. Sunday midday games. Uh, Patriots at Chargers. I am going Chargers in a tight one. Touchdown game. Chargers 31-24. Jags at Seahawks. I'm going Jaguars 24-20 get their second straight win. Uh, Redskins at Broncos. Give me Broncos to win this one 30-26. Buccaneers at Saints. I'm going Buccaneers 31-23. Monday Night Football is big here. I'm going Cowboys if Dak plays 31-28. If not, I'm taking the Vikings though to beat the Cowboys if if it's Cooper Rush. I can't take I can't take Cooper Rush. Monday Night Football. Giants at Chiefs. I'm all, I'm going Chiefs 34-23. I think they get this done. I think they get a big win. I think it's even I think it's like 34-13. Giants get a touchdown and a field goal late. I think they blow them out. So here we go. My week eight top five spreads of the week went four and one last week. Um Oh, I didn't account the total for last week. Okay, my bad. I did not account the total. I am 19 and 16 overall now. Finally got over the 500 mark, um, which is good. You want to be over the 500 mark for sure. Uh, so, yeah, 4-1 last week was a great week. I'm going Bengals minus 9.5 at Jets. I'm going Jaguars plus 4.5 at Seattle. Buccaneers minus 4.5 versus, uh, versus at home versus the, or at the Saints. Chargers minus three and a half versus the Patriots. And I'm, God damn it, I can't believe I'm doing it again. I'm taking the Chiefs minus eight and a half versus the Giants. Unreal, I'm taking the Chiefs again. They better pull it out. Scared of the spread for the Cowboys. Don't know if Dak's playing. If Dak plays, I like the Cowboys and, you know, I I won't take them. I'm going to take my five that I got here. But I would be taking the Cowboys if I knew Dak was for sure playing. So college football, look back at week eight. OU and Cincinnati survived road scares. OU barely beat my KU Jayhawks, 35-23. KU had a chance. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. They had a shot there. They were up 10-0 at half. Damn. And Cincinnati beats Navy 27-20. Navy actually scored a touchdown late to go 27-20, recovered an onside kick, but then threw a pick. Illinois upsets Penn State in nine overtimes at Happy Valley 20-18. So I did not know the new rules. For overtime. So it went into overtime. The first two overtimes played are normal. Start at the 25 play. Both teams kicked two field goals. It was 16-16. Then if you go to the third overtime, it's a two-point conversion off. And it went to nine. It went seven of those. Illinois got the win 20-18. What an upset. Pitt proves they're legit. Beats Clemson 27-17. Man. Man, oh man, is Kenny Pickett good. All right. Wake Forest beats Army in, in, a, in the shootout of shootouts, 70-56. to 56. Wake's got an offense, not a lick of defense. I think that they're on the opposite side of Pitt, so it's probably going to be Pitt and Wake for the ACC title. And Notre Dame handles rivals, USC 31-16, big win for Notre Dame. Just, just don't think Notre Dame is going to – they're not bumping Notre Dame up much in the rankings, and neither am I. I don't think they're deserving. Who's the more – all right, so my top five week nine headlines and discussions. Who's the more serious title challenger, Michigan or Michigan State? I think Michigan wins. 
So Michigan, you know, the winner of this game is going to prove who's more legit. Does Florida have a prayer at upsetting Georgia? Doubtful. Will Ohio State keep it rolling versus Penn State? Big. I think big. And I heard James I, – I think James Franklin's checked out. I think he's leaving. I think he thinks I've hit my ceiling. You know, this was the year a lot of people thought after the start Penn State had, this is the year that we could, you know, compete for the title. Now you lose to Illinois, you know, after getting beat by Iowa. Yeah, I think I think he's checked out, and I think Ohio State wins big. Uh, Matt Corral versus Bo Nix, get your popcorn ready. Yes, that's going to be exciting. Can Sam Howell lead North Carolina to an upset over Notre Dame and South Bend? If they can protect him, they have a shot. I just worry that they can't protect him. So here we go. My Power 26 college football rankings. One, Georgia, 7-0. They remain top. Number two, Ohio State, 6-1. and one. They're so good right now. They figured it, figured it out. Number three is Alabama at seven and one. Four is Michigan at seven and zero. Oh. Five and six, Oklahoma and Cincinnati. I've dropped them from two and three to five and six. I don't know. I worry about the defenses. I worry about. I just worry about those two teams. I think one, Oklahoma. If they run the table, they'll get in the playoff. Ohio State or Michigan probably going to get in, or Michigan State. Georgia is going to play Alabama in the SEC title. If Alabama wins, Alabama and Georgia are in. With Oklahoma, and probably with the Big Ten champion, that's going to leave Cincinnati out. Cincinnati needs Alabama to lose another game before the uh, SEC title or lose to Georgia in the SEC title. Seven, Michigan State at 7-0. and Eight, Old Miss, 6-1. and Nine, Oregon, they're 6-1. and Ten, Iowa, 6-1. and Eleven, Kentucky, 6-1. and Oklahoma State, throw away their playoff hopes. I don't, even, I don't know if they get in even if they run the table. But I guess you could beat Oklahoma twice, so it's possible. They're at 12 at 6 and 1. Wake Forest at 13, 7 and 0. Uh, Notre Dame 14 at 6 and 1. A&M at 15, 6 and 2. Pittsburgh at 16, 6 and 1. Penn State at 17, 5 and 2. Auburn at 18, 5 and 2. Baylor at 19, 6 and 1. Uh, Iowa State's at 20 now for me, 5 and 2. Then you go with the three non-power fives, the group of fives, SMU, San Diego State, UTSA in that order 21, 22, 23, all undefeated. Coastal Carolina takes a loss. They drop to 24. BYU re-enters my rankings at 6-2, and 25, and Arkansas is uh, 26 at 5-3. and three. So let's go to games and spreads. For games, I was 3-2 and two last week. I'm 24-16 and 16 overall. So Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern, number 4 Michigan at number 7 Michigan State. I'm going Michigan to tight one, 23-20. Tw- uh, number 21 SMU at Houston. Houston with only one loss. Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm going SMU 38-30. Number 8, Old Miss at number 18, Auburn, Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern as well. I'm going Old Miss 34-31. Number 17, Penn State at number 2, Ohio State, Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Give me Ohio State 35-20. Fresno State, who is 6-2 at number 22, San Diego State, Saturday, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. I'm going San Diego State 30-23. Spreads, 3-2 last week, 26-14 overall. I debated this one. I am going to go Notre Dame sneaks out a win over North Carolina. So I'm going minus two and a half Notre Dame. I'm going minus one um, San Diego State. So there's a potential for a draw for my first wash. Uh, Kentucky minus one and a half at Mississippi State. K-State minus two and a half versus TCU at home. And Georgia minus 13 and a half at Florida. So here we go. My 2022, my point five. 2022 NFL mock draft. Let me get a drink real quick.
So let's point out some key things as of right now. The Eagles own three picks in the top 13. They own the Colts. Theirs at six, and they own the Dolphins at two. The Lions have two picks, one in 28. Yes, one in 28. The Jets have two picks in the top eight, uh, four and eight. Um, the Giants own 15 and seven. So there's a couple teams with multiple picks, which is good, and those teams need <laughs> all those teams need multiple picks. So the, it's not – let's see how many quarterbacks I have going around one. One, two – Three, four. So I have four quarterbacks going round one. For the Lions, whoever has number one cannot has to take Thibodeau. He's by far the best player in my opinion. They're taking Thibodeau. So I got the Lions going. Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge out of Oregon. Miles Garrett vibes. I think he's going to be so good. Jadavion Clowney athleticism, but I think he's going to be so much better. So the Eagles. I'm hearing. They're not sold on Jalen Hurts. So I do think they take a quarterback, but they don't have to take one here because they got three top 13 picks. I'm going Eagles take Derek Stingley Jr., the corner. They need corner, so I'm saying they take the LSU corner. Um, uh, he's, he's a lockdown. I think he's going to be unbelievable. Hasn't had the best, hasn't had the best season, but battling injuries, he's now out for the year. I still think he's going to be unreal in the NFL. They take him. And people are going to say this might be super high, but Houston, again, I think they're going to get Tua in a trade. When Desha- when they, I think it's going to be in the offseason. Deshaun gets sh- shipped to Miami. Tua is going to come to Houston. They're not going to need to take quarterback here. They go best pure defensive player available. That is the safety from Notre Dame, Kyle Hamilton. He is unreal. He can play in the box. He, he has unreal ball skills. I love this pick for Houston. They need just best defensive player available. They got to go him. Jets, you could go edge. I'm going, they go D-line, DeMarvin Leal from A&M. He is a freak. He can play the 3-4 end if you run 3-4. He can play inside. He can play outside at the edge as well. They have to take him. They need some defense. Jaguars, this is easy. You have to protect your franchise quarterback. Evan Neal from Alabama, they take the tackle. They need to protect him, especially Cam Robinson on the franchise tag. I don't think he'll be back. You take Evan Neal, the tackle. Here's where I have the Eagles going quarterback. And so this year, what I'm doing on mock drafts, I'm not doing multiple where I do what I think will happen and what I would do. I'm kind of a mix of both. I'm kind of a mix of both. I'm going off what I'm hearing, and I'm also going off, okay, if they do take this position, I may think a guy's better than some other people do. So most people here would take Malik Willis. I have them taking Matt Corral from Old Miss. I think he's the best quarterback. I think he him and Malik Willis do have the most upside. Um, but I'm going Matt Corral from Old Miss here at 6 to Philly. Seven, the New York Giants. Could go a lot of places. Defense, defensive line, corner, uh, um, you know, offensive line. I have them going uh, Kenyon Green, the interior alignment from AM. He's a beast. Got to take him as well. AM's got some great prospects. I like this pick for the Giants. Jets back on the clock. Took D line. Now you go outside. Now you go on the, now you go on the secondary. Ahmad Gardner from Cincy. He is up. Him and Stingley, I think, are one and two for sure. You have a couple other really good ones. Um, uh, Kair, uh, Elam, and uh, Andrew Booth, both great as well. But you go with Maude Gardner here to the Jets. At nine, Washington, a team I think that can be in play because I think they have such a good roster, a team that could be in play for a Rodgers, you know, or a, a free agent signing or a trade for Watson. I'm going interior O-line. They need help there. Uh, he's the best center. He's, he's going to play center. He could play guard, but I think he's a center. Tyler Linderbaum. Interior alignment from Iowa. 
Solid pick. They got to take that. Dolphins, get some weapons. Even if it's Tua, even or if it's Deshaun, go get some wide receiver help. Chris Olave, wide receiver from Ohio State at 10. Think it's a, I know they took Waddle last year. Why not pair Olave and Waddle together? I think it's a great pick here for Miami. At 11, uh, Patriots, you could go wide receiver here too. I think they love the defensive side. And why not go get a good edge like Aiden Hutchinson, who I think, though, by the time draft really rolls around, could be a top-five pick for Michigan. 12, Broncos. Here's where I have my second quarterback going. Malik Willis, quarterback from Liberty to Denver. Let's be real. They don't trust Locke. Um, Teddy's not the guy. Malik Willis is the future. I think they pick Malik Willis here. Uh, Eagles back on the clock. So they've taken uh, corner, quarterback. I have them going defense again. Edge. George... Koloftis, as I think you want to say it. George Koloftis, edge from Purdue. He's a stud, big guy. I really like this pick. They need help defensively for sure. Their defense is getting gutted in most games. So you've taken a corner. Now you get an edge rusher as well. Panthers, another team that could be in play for a quarterback here to draft. I think they're also going to be in the trade market for a Watson, um, a Garoppolo, uh, signing Rodgers. So I'm going to say they go tackle here. Darian Kennard from Kentucky, stud tackle. I think they go tackle here. They need help on the O-line. Giants back on the clock. They took interior O-lineman, Kenyon Green. Now they're going defense. Their corners, you could go edge here. You could go with the Drake Jackson, um, a Kingsley, Enigbar, an Adam Anderson, a Nick Bonito. But I'm going to go corner because I think they've been so gassed by, you know, the corners have been gassed this year. Kair Elam from Florida, he goes to the Giants. Chiefs on the clock. I've been reading a lot that, I think, and I'm not projecting trades yet. I usually won't project trades until it's closer. The Chiefs, if they're at 16, could they trade down to get bonus picks? I think that would be smart if, I, if it was them. But right now, let's. I'm just going with them staying there. They take Jordan Davis, the D lineman from Georgia. They need help all over at defense. You could go linebacker, but I just don't think any of the linebackers are highly rated enough to go 16. That's why I see the Chiefs probably trading back. But Jordan Davis, the D lineman from Georgia, is a great pick. Uh, Falcons, a team that could also pick a quarterback, but Matt Ryan's playing well. So, I mean, maybe you don't go away from him yet. Maybe you wait till next year's draft to get a quarterback. Maybe not this year. So I've been going edge. Drake Jackson from USC. They need help defensively. He's an animal. Quarterback off the board here at 18 to Pittsburgh. Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. I think he, he gives, he's going to give Pittsburgh something different than Big Ben. He can run it. He can move. He's got a good arm. Accuracy. Needs a little fixing, in my opinion, but that's going to take time. And he's going to, I think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback, though. So I got the Steelers taking Ritter. Vikings need help at corner. Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson. He could go way higher than this, too. But I got the Vikings getting him in 19. Browns, a lot of places you go. I think Odell's gone after this year, so why not get a weapon? A big target. Traylon Burks from Arkansas. He is an animal. Big receiver. That's something they don't really have. You know, Peoples-Jones is not the biggest guy. Obviously, Landry and Odell not. You keep Landry and Peoples-Jones, and now you add a big guy for red zone targets and stuff like that. Traylon Brooks from Arkansas is the pick. Bills could go different ways. I have them actually taking a running back. Could you, I mean, I know that they the running backs have done pretty solid this year, but why, if they get an every down back that's a stud, the Bills are going to be nearly unstoppable offensively. Isaiah Spiller, running back from AM, goes to the Bills. Chargers, Jared Cook's old. I have them taking, you know, you could go edge. Interior D-line as well. I have them going a little luxury here. Jalen Watermeyer, tight end from A&M. That's four A&M guys already drafted in the first round. 
Uh, Saints, a team that also could have had taken a quarterback. But I think they're going to run with Jameis again next year. Garrett Wilson, another weapon. Get him another weapon. Hopefully Michael Thomas is back. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver from Ohio State. Cowboys, you could go edge. You could go safety. I don't think there's another safety besides Hamilton that goes in round one right now. I'm going Ikem Ekwanu, interior lineman from NC State. They say he's the most athletic offensive lineman. I think guard is he's an interior lineman. Connor Williams not sold. Put him in there next to Beatus uh, and uh, Tyrone uh, Tyron Smith. Love that for the Cowboys. Uh, 25, Titans. Linebacker is going to be a need. Christian Harris from Alabama, stud middle linebacker, inside linebacker. They need That's one of their definitely needs. A corner could help here too, but I had them going linebacker. Bengals, you took the receiver last year. Get a tackle now. Charles Cross from Mississippi State. I think he's only going to climb though, but you know there's still going to be other good offensive tackles down there. Again, the Bucks so solid everywhere. But um, you've seen what has happened this year. Injuries to defensive back. I have them going corner. Trent McDuffie from uh, Washington. Uh, Lions, I do have them taking a quarterback with their late first-round pick. Kenny Pickett from Pitt. It's you know between Pickett and Strong. I like Pickett a little bit more. Um, it's, he, the way he's playing this year, unreal. I got the Lions taking Kenny Pickett. Um, Raiders, I have them going edge. Kingsley and Ogbar, South Carolina. I think he could go higher as well. He's a freak. I love this pick for the Raiders. Packers, could go receiver, but... Badahari's getting older. I had them go uh, going Trevor Penning, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. Ravens, edge rusher. I like them to you know get a pat, get a really young pass rusher, Adam Anderson from Georgia. I really like this pick. Cardinals, offense pretty set. You could go receiver because you're a little old there, but I think the way Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore have played, you don't need to get receiver. You have a good running back duo right now. Tight end, could get a tight end, but I don't see a tight end at the back half here. I'm going Nick Benito, edge rusher from Oklahoma. I think that would be a great pick for them. So that will be my first, my point five 2022 NFL mock draft. So let's get into some overreaction or not. Start of the NBA season is the main, main thing here. We're going four in the East, four in the West. We'll start in the East. Knicks are legit title contenders. That is an overreaction. And to me, the Knicks don't have... I think they have a good overall team. But I'm thinking of the top four or five teams. You have Randall. I know you have Randall. But you look at the top four or five teams in the East. Bucks, Giannis, Heat, Jimmy, Nets, KD, Harden, potentially Kyrie, Hawks, Trey Young, Bulls, Levine, and uh, DeRozan. I just like those teams a little better. I don't think they're in that category yet. So I'm going Knicks. Oh, I'm going overreaction to the Knicks are legit title contenders. Nets have defensive issues, and if they aren't fixed, they can't win a title. That is not an overreaction. They're old. They're, they're like the Lakers, but the Lakers' older guys, Jordan, Dwight Howard, Ariza, Bazemore, Anthony Davis not old, but you know injury-prone, AD. You know, Russ can defend well. Malik Monk, a defender. They can play defense. The old guys for the Nets, Millsap, Aldridge, they can, Blake Griffin, they can't defend. So, yes, I don't think that that's not an overreaction. I don't think they can win a title if they aren't fixed, if they don't make moves. Miami are the best team in the East to start the year. Yes, that is a, not an overreaction. I think the Heat are the best team right now. Bulls are legit title threats. Not an overreaction. I think they are. They, can, they, have, such a, they have such a good late-game lineup. Lonzo, Caruso, Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic. I love that lineup. Come on. That can compete with any lineup on the floor. West. Lakers are still the title favorites out West. 
Not an overreaction. It's early. Chill. LeBron's not even playing right now. Uh, so, yeah, Lakers are still the title favorites out West. That's not an overreaction. Memphis will not be a playing team. They will get a top six seed in the West. I'm going to say that's not an overreaction. I think they do. I think they sneak into the 6-5 area. I really do. I think they're going to be very good. Um, Jaws playing at an MVP level right now, and I think he's going to continue that. So, yeah, not an overreaction. Jazz will be... Jazz will have the best record to end the year in the West, but won't make it to the conference finals. Not an overreaction. They're not a playoff team. Good regular season team. And they don't... I know Donovan's very good, but the reason why the Bucks could take that step was because they had guys like Holiday and Middleton that could go get you buckets. Who outside of there? You know, you got Clarkson and Conley? They're not even close to as good as like a Middleton and Holiday. So yeah, that's not an overreaction. Suns are not a top three team in the West. Sadly, it's not an overreaction. My top three teams, I wouldn't even put the Suns right now at five, at four. I'd put them at five. I would go Lakers, Warriors, Nuggets are top three. Not off record. Because again, it doesn't matter about the record. The Jazz are probably going to end with the number one record in the West. But I think the Lakers, Warriors, and Nuggets are the three best teams in the West. I think the Jazz right now are fourth and then the Suns probably. So yeah, not an overreaction. I don't think they are. So let's get into some combat sports, headlines, and discussions before we get to our picks. So just announced an hour before I started this podcast, Jake Paul, 4-0, will take on Tommy Fury, who's 7-0 on December 18th in Tampa, Florida. Tommy Fury opens up as the favorite, slight favorite, minus 165, I think, and plus 125 for Jake. So, you know, it's, it's close odds. Um, I think Tommy deserves to be the favorite as well. He's got a much more, much more boxing experience. been boxing since he's five years old. I don't know who I'm taking. I'm leaning Tommy right now, but I don't know if Tommy's in this for the same reasons as Tyson was in this. Is he in this for fame or is he in this to become a world champion someday? We're going to find out because if you can't beat Jake Paul right now, I know Jake is probably better than all the guys Tommy has fought, though. Let's just be honest. I'm not going to lie. This is the best fight that Tommy has. Tommy, Every guy Tommy has fought, Jake Paul would have beat. That's crazy to say. This is also Jake Paul's toughest fight by far. So we're going to find out a lot in this fucking fight, man. I can't wait, though. Shakur Stevenson dominates uh, Jamel Herring, stops him in the 10th uh, to win the WBO Junior Lightweight title with Love Loma at some point soon. Uh, Shakur Stevenson's unreal. I'd love to see him in Loma. Give me him and Loma, please. Rolly Romero says, Javante da- Tang Davis is not talented. That's who Devon- uh, Tang Davis fights next. Rolly's a little off. Javante is very talented, and I think Javante gets a knockout inside four rounds. Uh, Mike Perry signs very lucrative deal with BKFC. I don't know the exact numbers. I've heard 300000 a fight. I've heard 500000 a fight. I've heard six fifty. I heard he's, he's going to make good money. I mean, even if he's making three hundred k a fight, that's good money. Probably with some pay-per-view points because he's going to headline the pay-per-view every time. So congrats to Mike Perry on the bag. MMA, Nate Diaz will become a free agent. What are his options and rank them what is most likely? So I gave three options. Resign with the UFC short term, maybe a two or three fight deal. So you could still get the, so I think I heard that he, Dan Hooker could be next for him. But then you get the Connor fight. You could probably still get a Tony fight. You know, maybe a Masvidal rematch. And then, then you're done. You could also sign a big time contract belt or five, six fights and make a shit ton of money. And you know, that he could be, a, they could try him as a pay-per-view headliner for them. He could also be a one fight contract prize fighter in boxing and Bellator where he just says, I'm going to bounce around. I might do the Jake Paul. I think even if Jake Paul loses to Tommy Fury, you could still do Jake Paul and Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz. And then Jake could also fight one-offs in Bellator. That's also a, I'm going to say the most likely, I'm going to really say the most likely is he, be, is a, uh, he becomes a one-fight contract prize fighter. Then I'm going to say he re-signs UFC short-term because it guarantees you the Conor fight. 
And then third, I'm going to say he signs a long-term contract with Bellator. Uh, Vittori beats Costa in a five-round war, wins via UD, 48-46 on all three cards. That fight was insane. Awesome fight. Uh, sucks that, you know, the shenanigans by Costa kind of brought it down a little. I still thought the fight was great. Um, he did get a point taken away for an eye poke. Wouldn't have mattered on the cards, though. They still had a 43 ounce to two of uh, Vittori. So what's next for Vittori and Costa? For Vittori, I would say Sean Strickland. Because you got to think, Brunson Kanier booked up. Not fight until January. Izzy and uh, Whitaker not fight until February. You want to get a fight? Could get it in December. Could get it on the January. Or you could get it on a main event of a fight night in January, February around all these other middleweight fights. Why not uh, Strickland? For Costa, it really depends. Middleweight, I have him against Jack Hermanson. But if Dana sticks to his guns and makes him fight a light heavyweight, could you not get down for Paulo Costa, Tiago Santos? Come on. Fedor is back and he KOs Timothy Johnson in round one. That was unreal. So like I said, I picked Timothy Johnson to win. I said if Fedor was going to get it done, it was going to have to be early. First few th- two, three minutes in round one. Well, he got it done in the first two minutes of round one. Um, he looked so good. The hands were still fast. He said he's still ready to fight. He's got one fight left in the Bellator deal. And he said, hell, the way maybe I look, if I look good in that fight too, maybe I'll re-up for another two, three fights. I would love to see. I think he would beat Ryan Bader right now if they rematched. So will Tony be Connor's return fight? Who would the t- who would be the top five options? So I did a- I did have five options that I liked, and I put them in tiers. Tier one options is Nate and Tony, and hell they may fight, and whoever wins that might they may get Connor. Tier two would definitely be the Dustin uh, Poirier fourth fight, and then tier three I threw in Michael Chandler and Dan Hooker. Chandler even if he loses or wins against Gaethje that could be a return fight for Connor. Hooker even if he wins or loses against Islam could be a return fight for Connor. Love that. A lot of good options for Connor returning. And that's Nate. Nate would probably be at welterweight. I think Connor might come back at welterweight. And if he does, Masvidal's there. See what Masvidal does against uh, Edwards. UFC 267, each fighter's route to victory. So I did. This isn't a prediction. This is what I think their route to victory would be. So we're going to start off with the first fight of the main card Magomed Ankalaev or Volkan Ozdemir. Ankalaev, be cautious early. You know, Ozdemir, he can get you out there early. Drag this out. Set up the power punch as well, and, but, you know, set him up to where you're not getting countered. For Volkan Ozdemir, heavy pressure early, keep hands high and watch the counter punch in Magomed. That's what Volkan's happened against Yuri. He caught him, he was hitting him good early, and then he kind of gets a little wild and reckless. Hands are down or they're not there, and he gets, he gets knocked out. That's what he's got to be worried about is the counter. Uh, welterweight bout, Lee Jane Lane versus Hazmat, Hamzat Shemaev. For Lee, be calcul. Be calculated and counter effectively. You know, you, you don't want to be cautious and timid, but you want to be calculated because you don't want to leave yourself open to one of his bombs. Hamzat, heavy pressure. Use the wrestling to keep Lee guessing. Uh, heavyweight bout. Alexander Volkov versus Marcin Tybera. Volkov, use the length, make it a technical fight. If it's technical, Volkov's winning, especially against Tybera. Tybera, get inside, set up big punches, make this thing dirty. That's what he's got to do. He's got to make it ugly. <clears throat> Lightweight bout, Islam Mahachev versus Dan Hooker. Islam, close the distance, get the fight to the ground, and also stay busy on top. For Hooker, use the length, use kicks, keep the fight standing, keep it at range so he's not getting in. Don't get your back against the cage. Stay inside what I call that small octagon, the outline inside the octagon. Keep, keep your feet in there. Interim Bantamweight title bout, Peter Yan versus Corey Sandhagen. Yan, get inside, use some wrestling, dirty boxing. For Sandhagen, keep distance. 
Use, use the range well. Use all weapons and try to keep that fight standing as much as you can. Because I have a feeling Jan's going to try to use some wrestling. Light heavyweight title bout. Blahovich, keep the distance. Set up the big right hand. Also, set up the big left hook. Glover, close the distance. But be calculated doing it. Make it ugly. Try to get this fight to the ground. Because I think if Glover can get on top, he can land some, you know, he can land some ground and pound and get a submission if he wants to win. So here we go. Let's get into it. My our predictions. Remember, we're doing the fan picks. My my cousins will not be on here because he has not responded yet, but he will have them by tonight. So, like I said, how this is going, you get one point for picking the winner. You can get a bonus two points for picking the way the fight ends, so KO slash TKO or sub or decision. You can get four points for picking the correct round. So if you're picking uh, if you're picking Hamzat round one knockout, you know, he you get four bonus points for that, picking the knockout, picking the round that it gets finished in. So that's a potential of seven points right there in a fight. So here we go. Um, start at the bottom. Main card, Magomed Ankalaev, six and one in the UFC. He has lost he lost his very first fight in the UFC to Paul Craig via round three sub, coming off a win via decision over Nikita Krylov, fighting Volkan Ozdemir. Since his loss to DC, he's two and three, but he, he beat Alexander Rakic and Yuri Latifi uh, via split decision in round two KO. He is coming off a loss to Yuri via round two KO. Um, the odds on this one. Let's get a refresh. Bovada, Ankalaev minus three hundred, Ozdemir minus two plus two thirty five. Um, so my brother, he's got Ozdemir via round one KO slash TKO. My dad has Ankalaev via round one uh, KO slash TKO, and I have Ankalaev via round two KO slash TKO. Welterweight bout, Lee Jane Lane. 10 and 4 in the UFC, coming off a big round one K over Ponzinibbio. By far Hamzat's toughest fight. Hamzat's 3 0, hasn't fought since 2020 due to COVID. Beat Mershart in 17 seconds in his last fight. Uh, my brother actually has Hamzat via decision. He's got this fight going to the scorecards. Um, my dad has Lee Jane Lane via round one KO slash TKO, and I have Hamzat via round one KO slash TKO. Odds on that one Lee Jane Lane plus 425. Hamzat minus 650, tied with the biggest favorite of the night. <clears throat> Alexander Volkov versus Marcin Tybura. Volkov coming off a loss to Cyril Gaon via decision. I think he's given Gaon his toughest test. He had won two straight before that versus Alistair Overeem and Walt Harris via TKO. Tybura's on a five-fight win streak. He beat Sergei Spivak, Maxim Grishin, and Ben Rothwell via decision. Also beat Greg Hardy and Walt Harris via TKO. Um... My brother is going Tybura via round one, KO slash TKO. Uh, me and my dad are both going Volkov via KO slash TKO. My dad has it round two. I have it round three. Odds, Volkov minus 300, Tybura plus 235. Um, lightweight bout, Islam Makachev versus Dan Hooker. Hooker had back-to-back losses before his last win, but he fought Poirier and Chandler. Islam... Has won eight straight since his first career loss. Beat Drew Dober and Tiago Moisais via sub in his last two. By far his toughest fight as well. Uh, my brother has Hooker via round two sub, as well do I. My dad has Islam via round two sub. Those odds are Islam also tied. He is the one tied with the biggest favorite, minus 650 plus 425 for Hooker. Co-main event. Sandhagen versus Jan. 
Peter Yan was unbeaten in the UFC before his DQ loss to Aljamain Sterling. Had beaten the likes of Jose Aldo, Uriah Faber, and Jameer Varick. Sandhagen coming off a razor, close split decision, lost to Dillashaw. Before that, had won two straight against Marais and Edgar via knockout. I have Sandhagen via decision. My brother has Sandhagen via round two uh, KO slash TKO. And my dad has Yan via round three KO slash TKO. To the main event, oh, the odds on that one. Um, Yan minus 210. Sandhagen plus 170. That is the closest odds on the main card. Now we go to the main event. Jan Blahovich, Glover, Teixeira. Jan, five straight. Both guys have won five straight and a career turnaround for both these guys. I believe Jan is 39. Glover's 41. Uh, Jan beat Luke Rockhold via round two KO. Jacare Souza via decision. Corey Sandhagen round one KO. Dominic Reyes round two KO. And is in Adesanya via decision. Glover, five straight wins. Carl Robertson round one sub. Kute Laba, round two sub, Nikita, Nikita Krylov, decision, Anthony Smith, round five TKO, and Tiago Santos, round three sub. We all have, besides my cousin, obviously, me, my dad, my brother, have Blakovich winning. They have both decisions. I have round two KO slash TKO for Blahovich, and he is a minus 290 favorite to share a plus 230. So you guys will get to know the results on who's leading the standings. We're going to go... We'll we'll go. Uh, we're doing three pay per views in a row, and then we'll decide who won that one. You get you obviously you'll be you have a win, and then we'll go to the next three pay per views, and we'll do it that way. We'll do the three closing pay per views to end the year. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. Be back next week. Watch the fights tomorrow, one p.m. Eastern or two p.m. Eastern. I believe it's one p.m. Eastern. ESPN Plus. If you just pay the five dollars for ESPN Plus, you get this pay per view for free. Peace, guys.